Welcome to Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. All right, well, hi. So we're doing things a little differently today, obviously, and normally at this point in the service, we would move into the sermon and uh, take some time to proclaim the gospel and look to the word uh, through a message, and we're just going to do that a little bit differently today. We are still going to look to God's word, and we're still going to proclaim the gospel, uh, but today we're going to do it through a testimony. And so uh, this is Marissa Gleason. Everyone say hi, Marissa. Hi. Well, one person likes you enough to <laughs> applaud, and it wasn't your parents, I noticed. Uh, so most of you know Marissa's face, at least, uh, even if you don't know her well personally. Marissa's one of our worship leaders and just has a beautiful anointing on her life to lead people into the presence of God through worship. And so you've been blessed by that. And some of you, uh, if you've been around church for a while, have probably gotten to know her a little bit better. But we're going to dive into Marissa's story a little bit. So Marissa, just for those who don't know you, uh, just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're at in life, where you come from. Yeah. Um, so I hope you're all comfortable. Chris said I have about three hours today. So great. There's still a laugh in the second service. That's great. <laughs> um, I was born and raised in Leamington. Um, super exciting town. Um, no. <laughs> Um, I was actually um, born in Leamington, moved to Windsor for a couple years when I was really young, but I don't have like a ton of memories of Windsor. Um, basically, we. Terrible. Yeah, Windsor's it's terrible, true. so I just, you blocked like, it out. Blocked yeah. it out of my memory. <laughs> Sorry for those of you that live in Windsor. Um, no, but we, uh, we moved here when I was uh, maybe five or six. Um, lived in Cottam, which is like outside of Leamington, which is like an even smaller town than Leamington, if you can imagine that. Um, but uh, yeah, born and raised in a Christian family, uh, God-fearing, God-loving parents who um, just loved us so much and uh, taught us as much as they could um, as, as kids. And very literally, uh, we were homeschooled. Uh, so my mom taught us from young on, uh, kindergarten all the way through high school. Um, but yeah, just uh, grew up in just a, a wonderful, loving loving family. Um, knew Jesus my whole life, um, and I thank God for that, honestly, um, every day. Um, I was saved when I was probably like five years old, um, really young. Uh, I obviously don't have a ton of memories of that day, um, but uh, just grew more and more in love with Jesus over the years, um, especially when I reached about my 20s, um, just learning more of who he was, um, just him becoming so real to me, um, and I uh, was baptized when I was about 16. Um, met John Gleason, who's sitting over there. I'm sure you've all seen him playing guitar up here on a Sunday morning um, when we were 17. Um, I didn't really know who he was. Apparently, he had a crush on me, and our youth pastor at the time told him to get in line. So... <laughs> We made our way to each other and uh, have been married for seven years. Um, yeah, just a great, uh, great marriage, and he's just been a wonderful support. Um, I also have a younger brother and younger sister. You've probably seen my brother. He plays bass. He's about seven foot five. Uh, it's hard to miss. Uh, and, uh, of course, my sister as well. So, um, yeah, the three of us and our family. So we're going to rewind to, it'll be a couple years ago this summer. You're 28 years old and life is good and life is trucking along and you and John are happily married and you have a job that you love and John has great career opportunities at the time you guys are kicking around even potentially moving to the states for an opportunity that had presented itself that would have been just an amazing career shift and so there's lots of exciting things going on you're leading worship you're loving Jesus life is is trucking along really well 
now walk us through what happens then a couple years ago. Yeah, so um, I lead a, uh, a worship night here once a month, uh, Open House, which I'm sure a lot of you've heard. It's canceled today. Don't forget, oh, canceled cancel today. Tonight. Don't come tonight. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I remember uh, like it was yesterday. It was, um, it was Sunday night. I just finished leading worship and I went home. Um, it was the last Sunday of the season. Basically, we wrap it up for the summer. Um, and I was just sitting watching TV, kind of unwinding before bed. And I felt something odd um, that I had never felt before. Um, and I thought, no, nah, that's kind of weird. So I just ignored it and kind of kept watching TV, whatever. Um, felt it again, and I immediately had a pit in my stomach. Um, as like, well, not I'm sure I haven't met every single one of you, but a lot of you probably know me as like a super bubbly, outgoing person. I always see the glass half full. I got that wrong in the first service. <laughs> um, and just a very over, like very positive person. Um, so to me, um, when I felt this and just felt like that sinking feeling, I knew I knew um, that it was cancer, um, and that's not like me. Um, I honestly think the Holy Spirit was just with me the whole time, guiding me through every single process and everything, every single step, you know, just, I'm with you, we've got this together, you know, I'm not going anywhere. Um, even from the moment um, I found uh, that lump. Um, yeah, so. Um, my husband being as encouraging and positive as he is as well is, I'm sure it's nothing, I'm sure it's nothing. Go get it checked, obviously, but I'm, I'm sure it will be fine. Um, and I went to the doctors. Um, they weren't sure what it was, but it seemed pretty positive as well that I'd be okay. Um, went to an ultrasound and, again, just very unsettling. Um, I mean, she was kind of working and looking and kind of checking things and then she moved further into my armpit where like your lymph nodes are and my heart again just sank like that's not good um yeah so i uh still they couldn't tell what it was uh from the ultrasound so i had to go for a biopsy um which was something i did not want to do um was pretty terrified of that but again just god walked me through it and um, his calmness just kind of came over me and you know, we're gonna we're gonna get through this together um, So I just I don't know I had this sense that you know this this might be hard But he's he has not ever left me and he's never going to leave me um, Yeah, and so we went to um, Well, I had to wait the grueling couple of weeks that you have to wait before getting your results And I got a call from my doctor's office, you know, it's it's not an emergency. It's totally fine Everything's gonna be whatever it's he but he just wants to go through your results And so I thought oh, thank God like I'm okay. This is great So I called my whole family called all of John's family let them know, you know, this is great. I'm fine and then I get another call five minutes later from the same doctor's office saying, actually, he wants to see you tomorrow. And my heart just sank into my stomach, like, okay. So I didn't tell my parents, I didn't tell John's family. I just figured, you know, I, I don't wanna freak them out just yet. Let's just get to the appointment, get it done. Um, and uh, I went home from work, let John know that, you know, I have to go see the doctor tomorrow. And he said, being very supportive as he is, just, do you need me to be there? And I thought, no, no, it's fine. You don't need to go because I, it's not a big deal. Like he said, it just wasn't, whatever. He's just going through my results. It's fine. And he's like, oh, are you sure? And yes, it's fine. You don't need to go. 
Well, I mean, honestly, I think God was working through him as well. And the Holy Spirit was prompting him because as soon as I walked into the doctor's office, he was there, um, like sitting in the waiting room. And I just don't know how you can hear from the news, like that kind of news from the doctor without having someone there with you. So I'm just so thankful that he was there. Um, yeah, so got the diagnosis, um, wasn't easy. Um, yeah, I had to start chemo almost right away. Um, so, I mean, I'm cancer-free today, which is amazing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, definitely didn't get to skip any of the parts that we were hoping. Uh, chemo, surgery, radiation, um, everything, really. So, it was about a year and a half, eh? for everything, all the treatments and everything. And uh, as you started to tell us, tell, telling the church about it, um, of course, our reaction is we're, you know, I said to you guys, like, time to fight, time to pray, right? Suit up, prayer people, it's time to fight this. And uh, and yet from the beginning and talking with you, you just had this sense, and Sarah and I did as well, that, uh, that although it was going to be okay, it wasn't going to be a miracle healing, probably, that, that you were going to go through this. And uh, so I want to talk a bit about that part because we, you know, we, we were with you all the way, we were praying all the way, um, but as you went through the, the terribleness of the chemo, as you went through the struggle of the surgery, uh, radiation, and just walking through every step of it, uh, where did you see God in the midst of all of that? Because obviously our first choice would be, God, just heal me so I don't have to go through this, uh, but that wasn't what he did for you, and yet you, you give very... Uh, confident testimony of he was absolutely at work this whole time. So where did you see God in the midst of all of it? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He um, really got me through some very dark, uh, dark nights. Um, again, just constantly, um, almost like giving me a forewarning before anything bad was happening. It's almost like I already knew, um, like the Holy Spirit was kind of telling me. Um, and I don't know if that was just Jesus being so sweet to me that, you know, I'm not, this is going to be hard, but I'm going to try and like break the news to you a little bit before, you know, the bad news actually comes. And um, yeah, I, um, oftentimes I would, um, on nights where like I couldn't sleep or was having a hard time, I kept a journal and I, I wrote uh, quite often. Uh, I would sneak into our office uh, in the middle of the night and just kind of write and pray and read scripture. And um, that's one thing I so encourage each and every one of you, keep a journal. Um, you don't have to write in it every day, but when you're going through a hard time, when I look back at those things that I wrote now and it's amazing what God brings us through. And, and to see like the whole, the end picture now, oh, I shouldn't say the end picture, it's maybe just the beginning, who knows. But to see that step by step and kind of see how, how he brought me through that is so special. Um, so I really encourage, I encourage you guys to, to write. Um, yeah, but honestly, those nights that I couldn't sleep, it would just be me and Jesus. And we would hang out in the office and sometimes I would just sit there and cry. Like, I don't have anything to say. This is really hard. Um, but I just wrote and he gave me so many amazing pictures, um, so many amazing visions. Um, and I've honestly never felt so seen by him um, and so loved by him. And I know that seems kind of odd. Uh, you would think that like, man, when someone's going through such a hard time, it feels like you're being punished. Um, but every little detail, I felt like he saw and that he was crying with me um, through a lot of the, the stuff that I was going through. Um, 
one picture I wanted to share with you today that he gave me was, um, it was before I had had my surgery. Um, so it was actually before I knew I had to have a, a mastectomy, um, which is like removing both my breasts. Um, and uh, he almost pre-warned me again that, you know, this is gonna be something that we have to walk through together. And that was the hardest part for me, for sure. Um, losing my hair, um, I mean, that was difficult for sure, but nothing hit me as much as um, the physical loss um, of something, that identity, you know? And I never realized how much my physical identity meant to me. Um, and so I remember just kind of praying and begging, like, God, I've given you everything. I've given you my heart. I've given you my life. And now you're taking this away. Um, and again, it was before I, I knew I had to go through that. Um, but he was, again, just preparing me. And uh, I remember a picture of myself that he gave me where I was standing in front of my bathroom mirror. My hair was gone. Um, I looked just sickly. Um, and I was staring at myself, and there's scars across my chest. And I'm just crying, looking in the mirror, and seeing this thing, what that cancer took from me, not, not recognizing myself almost. And, and then Jesus walked in. And he came behind my arms and he put his hands on my shoulder and he looked at me and he said, you're so beautiful. You look just like me. And I thought, wow, that's what it's about. It's not about our physical identity. It's not about the challenges that we face. It's about who we look like in the end. And for him to see me and not see that physical damage, not see the scars, but look at me and go, you're so beautiful. You look just like me. How many times do we look at our circumstance in our life and, and what life has done to us or what someone has done to us and go, oh, I'm just damaged goods. I'm just, you know, but, but Jesus looks at us and we're so much more than that to him. He looks at our heart and that is what's so important. And that's really Honestly, what got me through every day, you know, he sees me, he knows me, he sees my heart, and that's what he cares so deeply about. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and too, when I lost my, um, when I lost my hair, um, I uh, am very close with Susan Friesen, which I'm sure a lot of you uh, know Susan. She's just an amazing prayer warrior. And um, she used to be a hairdresser. Um, and uh, I had called her ahead of time before I had lost my hair and just said, you know, um, I would love for you to be able to shave my head. I, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want someone that I don't know, you know, getting rid of the rest of the hair that I have. Um, and so I remember it started falling out after the first treatment, um, and I just, I couldn't. It was too hard to see it just coming out in, like, handfuls. Um, and so I thought, you know what, I'm going to call her. We're just going to get this done. You know, I can be in control of one thing, <laughs> shaving my head. And um, so I called her over, and uh, my good friend Laura was uh, at my house, and my mom and John was there, and... Um, my mom turned on this song called God is Good um, from Passion. And I just remember the whole kitchen just flooded with his presence. And we just worshipped and cried. And 
to know that, like, again, he saw that. He saw every little detail, and he held me the whole time. Um, it was just amazing. I mean, going through those hard seasons, it's you think that you're going to walk through it alone, but he, but he held me so closely. It was almost like he was, like, holding my face the whole time, like, look at me. Don't look away. Don't look away. I'm right here. I'm right here. And that was just... Again, I've just never felt so loved by him in that. And I think, too, like, um, another thing that he had taught me was, you know, a picture of, like, a sailboat in the ocean and kind of getting, like, hit by the waves and, and you know, kind of toppling over. And he almost was speaking to me, like, you know, we're going we're gonna to get through this. I need you to lean into the storm, though. Like, lean into it with me. We're not going to run from it. We're not going to hide. Um, you know, like Chris was saying, he didn't just take it away from me like that. I wasn't miraculously healed. He does do that, of course. But that just wasn't what was in the cards for me, I guess. And um, just him teaching me, you know, lean into the storm. I'm here. We've got this together. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to abandon you. Um, yeah, just he taught me so much. And I, I mean, we sang it this morning, you know, even when I don't see it, you're working, right? Even when I don't feel it, you're working. And that's such an important part of our faith and mature faith that we need to get to is the understanding of there are times where we feel things and there are times when the kitchen feel, fills with the presence of God. Uh, and then there are times where that doesn't happen. And uh, we shared in the first service, there's two different stories in the Gospels uh, where there's Jesus on the water in a storm. And so the first one is he's sleeping in the boat and the storm kicks up and his disciples wake him up and say, Lord, we're going to drown. You got to do something. And Jesus stands up and he rebukes the storm, right? He says to the winds and the waves, peace, be still. And everything stops. And the disciples are amazed. They, what matter of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So there are times where he calms the storm. There's times where he stops, where he changes the circumstances, where we're safe. But the other story, that, as it's written in John's Gospel, is when Jesus is walking on the water in a different encounter, and the disciples see him there, and the storm kicks up. And in that case, Jesus doesn't calm the storm. But Jesus says, don't be afraid. It's me. And he gets in the boat with them, and the storm doesn't stop, but he brings them safely through to the other side. So there are times where he stops the storm, and then there's times he gets in the boat and he rides in the storm with us and says, don't be afraid, I'm with you. And part of maturing is understanding that the second one is actually not worse than the first one, even though we would love the first one every single time. We would love the circumstances to change. But to see when he doesn't change the circumstance, but he rides it out with us, is just as much a work of his grace, is just as much a sign of his care and his love as if he had stood up and calm the storm entirely. Yeah, and like I just remember too when I was um, leading worship in those seasons, um, because of what he had brought me through so far to that point, I just, every time I was leading worship, it was like I was like singing to my father and like dancing to my father and like everything else just disappeared. Like, you know, I'm singing to my dad. Um, you know, I, that's one thing that I, I really learned in this whole season was just the love of a father and seeing how God loves us in that way. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of easy to correlate the love of the father sometimes when you have a great earthly father. Like I was so, I'm so blessed to have such an amazing dad. Um, and sometimes, but sometimes it's tricky if you didn't have that to kind of see like Jesus as your dad, as a father. Um, 
but I think that changed everything for me. Um, my whole identity changed when I realized it's not just like the, the God on the throne, God, holy God, um, of course, yes, that too, but to see him as a dad, um, as a father figure, and that he, he just loves us so so fiercely and so intensely and usually like on a Sunday morning we sing about how much we love him and and how glorious he is but to think that the God who sits on the throne is singing over us you know say singing love songs to us about how much he loves us and the fact that you know just again him in the mirror saying you know you're so beautiful you know uh, you look just like me to to have a father that sees that um and I remember another a vision or a dream that I had had where I was leading worship and just, I, I'm not sure where I was, but there was just thousands of people standing in the crowd. And I remember singing and, and worshiping and I saw Jesus standing in the crowd, tapping people on the shoulder. That's my daughter up there. That's her. Oh, I'm so proud of her. Isn't she great? And to think that a God who sits on, the, who created everything, looks at us that way and goes, look at her. She's amazing. He's amazing. Look at my creation. Look at how amazing they are. Like to have a, an amazing father that shows us off in front of the enemy. I mean, sometimes when I was leading worship, it was honestly just to make the enemy mad. <laughs> like, and I don't know if that's a great, <laughs> coming from a great point, but I thought, you know, if, if I'm feeling so sick from chemo, he's trying to, to shut me up. He's trying to stop me from worshiping. I don't care if I have to sit on stage with a trash can next to me. I'm not stopping to sing about my father. I'm just going to dance even more, even if it's just to make him mad. And, and sometimes I think that that's what Jesus is saying about us. Like, I want you to dance around. Let's make the enemy mad together. You know, we can do this. We're going to accomplish this. And like... I don't just, it just makes me so excited that like a perfect heavenly father looks at us and goes, oh, aren't they great? Like, come on, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we mentioned this in the first service, like there's not a lot of talk about God as father in the Old Testament. It tends to be more the holiness of God, Jehovah. Uh, it's a, they're a little bit, but it's not very there very often, but when Jesus shows up, it's just my father, my father, my father, my father, my father. And then when he's asked by his disciples, teach us how to pray, he says, all right, we pray like this, our father, right? Dad, it starts with dad and, and learning to relate to dad in that way. And, um, and, and to be able to, I mean, we, it was so inspiring. You and John both, you'd be up on stage and, and you know, we knew your head was shaved, you're wearing a very nice wig, we knew it wasn't your real hair. Um, and there you are dancing, and there you are proclaiming, and, and closing your eyes. And I remember watching you dance up there one Sunday. Uh, your eyes were closed, and I thought, she doesn't even care what we think in this moment. It's just her and God dancing with reckless abandon. And that's what David did, right? David just danced before the Lord with all his might, Scripture said. Uh, and both you and John were so inspiring in all of it, because, because there were dark nights of the soul, and there were, there were moments of bad news, and there were times of incredible struggle. Uh, you guys never stopped worshiping. You never stopped. And, and even if it was just, I'm going to do it as an act of my will, uh, you still did it. And, and you did dance on the enemy's face in those times when you were doing it, right? Like you were saying, Jesus is greater, right? The kingdom is greater. The life in me is greater over and over and over again. And it was such an inspiring thing from both of you. So thank you for setting that example for us in your worship. 
Um, I do want to talk about just doubt a little bit, because uh, obviously in these moments there are those dark nights and, and you get the, the bad reports. Uh, so where was doubt at play, and, and you obviously didn't stay in that place of doubt, and that's, I think, the most important thing to talk about today is uh, what, you know, where did you find yourself when doubt came, and then what did you do about it from there? Um, yeah, I mean, we touched a little bit about how, um, you know, God, God heals miraculously. He does get rid of disease just like that. I mean, we serve a God that raised people from the dead. Um, he raised himself from the dead. <laughs> um, just so many amazing things you hear in scripture. And, and so I thought, you know, doubt played a, quite a bit on my mind in terms of why do I have to go through everything? Like, why do I, why can't we just fast forward? <laughs> because like, I don't understand why you can't just take this from me because I know that you can. Um, and so that definitely played a big part in, um, you know, just thinking like, why, I guess. Um, but I think sometimes he doesn't take things from us because who are we going to be for that other person that had to walk through it too? Um, and I think that's one thing that he taught me is, yes, absolutely. I can definitely take this away. Um, we serve a God that does do that. And I definitely, I think it's amazing to pray for those things. I think we need to. Um, I think we would maybe see a lot more of those miracles if we prayed for them more, for sure. Um, but sometimes he doesn't take those things away. And I learned too that as bad as it is, to, as hard as it is to hear, he doesn't really owe us an explanation either. I mean, he's God and we're human. And he wants to, he wants to have these encounters with us. He's, he's never going to leave us. Um, when he wants us to walk through the storm, he's not saying, hey, there you go, good luck. Like, I'll see you on the other side. No, it's he's, he's got us every single step of the way. He's in it with us. Um, and so when I kind of looked at that and stopped having my pity party, because it's very easy to do that, and go, you know, there are people that, that don't get those miraculous stories. And who's going to be there to encourage them? And who's going to be there to help lift them up as well? And so I feel like that was one main, a big reason why, um, why maybe I was asked to go through everything was, you know, you're going to encourage people with this. We're going to encourage people together. Um, we're going to show them, you know, you can, you can do this. Um, even if it seems like it's not getting lifted right off or, you know, going away anytime soon, we, we're going to get through this together. So, yeah, so such a big piece of our maturing then is not just uh, to stay in the place of why me, which, I mean, we all go there sometimes, or why aren't you changing this, but to, to actually start to shift that prayer to, Lord, where are you at work right now, right? Where are you moving? Where is your grace? showing up and and starting to shift away from just the i mean the pity parties understandable of course um but but too like we've we've mentioned here from the pulpit from time to time when job in his story uh goes through all of his trauma and and is crying out to god god's answer at the end is ultimately job i don't owe you an answer right the, the creator does not owe the creation an answer you're just gonna have to trust me um and job was blessed through that uh, I do want to ask, because uh, you had, obviously, a church rally around you, family rally around you, um, all through different seasons of what you were going through. And I did just want to talk about just very practically, because uh, a lot of times people say to me, um, you know, I don't know what to say to people when they're going through that stuff, or, or I, don't, I don't know what to do, or I don't know how to help. 
Um, the truth is, as pastors, we don't always know either. We don't always have the right words, and, and we may be engaged with this stuff more regularly than most people, but we don't always know what to say or what to do. So we did just want to ask very practically. You had a lot of help and support. Uh, just so we can all learn how to be better supports to one another, what did people do for you that was really helpful and that was really a blessing for you in this time? Yeah, um, I mean, honestly, this sounds very cliche, but pray, 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 pray. Like, I cannot say that enough. Um, I think that got me through more than I probably even know it to this point. Um, and not only praying, but I wasn't here on a lot of Sundays just because you can't really go out in public too much when your immune system isn't doing well. Um, but to have like those Facebook messages or those emails, you know, I'm thinking about you. I, I'm praying for you. I, I pray that chemo goes okay this week or, you know, just those, those kind words really were so encouraging to have. Um, and, uh, but having like the space as well, um, I know it's probably, <laughs> I sound like two different things, but, um, when you are in public, it is really hard to constantly talk about, you know, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Cancer is literally all you think about every day of every night of until you're done treatment. So, you know, it gets kind of repetitious to, you know, uh, I'm doing all right, but da da da. So I just think like, you know, just allowing that space. Um, it was just amazing to be here uh, worshiping with everyone, even when I couldn't be up on um, like leading worship, but or praying, having prayer with each other uh, was very special too. Um, in a practical sense, having the meals that you guys brought for us was amazing. That helped us so, so much because that was the last thing I'm thinking about doing is making food, um, even financially as well. Just here, you know, here's the money to help you pay your bills this month. I mean, I wasn't really working much and my husband's self-employed. So just this very practically speaking, um, those things go such a long way to not have to think about that stuff. Awesome. And they don't take a lot, right? But none of those things are a big deal. And uh, although I do remember once you were in the heart of the chemo, and I sent Marissa a text saying, we're all standing with you with a smiley face, except I accidentally put the puking emoji face instead, <laughs> which is exactly what a chemo patient wants to see in that moment. So proofread your texts before you send them. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, we're gonna wrap up here in just a minute. I can ask the worship team to come on up. And um, you know, I'm so grateful for John and Marissa and they're, uh, both of them, if you know them, are just very transparent, they're very open. And so, uh, I appreciate the openness today and the transparency today. And um, we've done a lot of praying for Marissa, and, uh, and of course we can always do that. But I asked Marissa if she would pray for us today. Uh, and so certainly praying for healing for anyone who needs healing, but more so, uh, I, I had just wanted you to pray for just the grace that God released into your life in this season, that you would pray that grace for us as we go through our own stuff. So would you stand to your feet, please, as Marissa prays, then we're gonna sing a song and then we'll wrap us up. Well, thank you so much for listening to my story and my journey this morning. Um, yeah, I just, again, I wanna encourage you, um, lean into the storm when it doesn't make sense. Um, that's, I think, it spoke to me so much when I just didn't try and run from it, didn't try and hide, but went, God, here I am, totally abandoned, do what you wanna do. Um, and he sees that, and he sees every every part of us. He sees every detail. He he's not up sitting on his throne, not you know minding his own business while the world is in havoc. He he sees every little thing. So um, today, I just want to encourage you guys and pray for you um, before we go into worship again. So let's pray together. 
Lord God, I just thank you so much for your grace, God. I thank you so much for the love that you have for us, Lord. I pray, God, that this morning that our minds would just be completely renewed, God, that our identities would be transformed, God, that we would be completely lit on fire for you, God, that the fire of heaven would come and fall on us, God, that we would know who we are, that we would trust who you have made us to be, God, that we would see you when we look in the mirror, God, that we would just completely understand who you say we are, God, and not what our circumstances say about us, God. I thank you that you have created each and every one of us with amazing gifts and amazing talents, God, and I pray that we would each walk in those giftings, God, walk in the places that you want us to walk, Lord, all for your glory, God, and all for your kingdom, God. I pray whatever the enemy is trying to do in, in our lives, God, whatever um, havoc he's trying to take over us, God, that you would just declare your righteousness over for us, God, that you would declare your victory over us, God, and that we can dance in the presence of our enemies, God, knowing that you hold the victory, God, that what you say about us is true, not what anybody else or anything else says about us, God. I thank you, Lord, for your presence, God. And where there needs to be healing this morning, God, we release healing, God, over this church, God, over our minds, over our hearts, over our bodies, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you would just speak to each and every one of us, God, that you would guide and direct us, Lord, and that we would ultimately just know exactly who you are and that we would know who we are in you, Lord. We just pray this in your name. Amen.